Yeah, what's up? I'm gonna kick it with the line, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it right now? Here we go. Well, it's time to make that change. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm Ike Steen, this is Canyon O'Hen. Uh, Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Mike Steen, your host this morning, sitting in for Reverend Miriam Barnett as he's out enjoying family and festivities. Uh, this morning we got a good show for you, we hope. I have a couple of special guests. That's, they're not new to you, but they're new here today. And uh, I have the Honorable Miss Carolyn Arnold, Dallas City Council member. Good morning, Miss Arnold. Good morning. And I have the godmother of DISD herself, Miss Joyce Foreman, School Board Trustee, District 6. Good morning, Miss Foreman. Good morning. All right, this morning we got a lot to talk about. You can join this conversation at 972-647-1893. We have a lot to talk about today. A lot going on in the country. And uh, you can join Miriam Barnett tomorrow at 9.30 on Miriam Barnett Sr. on Facebook, uh, Heavenly Joy Church. He'll be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, this morning we have a lot to talk about, but we want to hear from you. And we hope all, everyone had a good holiday, a happy Thanksgiving. And, you know, I know some of us went out and kind of overdid it on our eating. I hope you didn't overdo it yesterday on your spending. Because, you know, after Black Friday and after Christmas, you still have another 364 days to live this year. So this morning we're going to be talking about different things. We want to talk about what's going on in the city, what's going on with the school. I know some of y'all are excited about the uh, Ahmad Madri case and the, the verdict on that. We can talk about a little about that. Uh, I think a lot of people talks about how great of a victory it was, and it was a great victory, but my opinion is it's, it didn't fix the system. It's just one case, and we have to take it one day at a time. So you can join us this morning, 972-647-1893. That's the number to call. And while I'm here, let me thank everyone that sent in your pledges, that pledged to this station, because... As the old song used to say when I was young, there's no me without you. <laughs> and without you, wouldn't be no us because you're the one that keeps this station going. It's your pledges and your uh, contribution and your, uh, even when you call in and make comments, that keeps us going, whether we agree with you or not. But that still keeps this show going and makes it a great show because Reverend Barnett, I tell you, has one of the greatest shows on the radio. So, Miss Foreman, what is going on with DISD? Well, again, good morning, everyone. And, of, and of course, there's always something going on mm -hmm. with Dallas ISD. Um, what I do um, think would be uh, important for us to talk about are uh, just a couple of issues. The first issue would be um, the redistricting process and what we're going and what we're doing for redistricting. The Dallas ISD has uh, hired a couple of attorneys to be able to help us, actually three attorneys, 
to be able to help us with drawing the lines uh, for the next 10 years. You know, after the census every 10 years, uh, all of the government entities are redistrict, which basically means that they are um, drawing the boundaries for each um, trustee district. If it's city council, it's city council district. State representatives would be the same. Uh, our process has uh, not been flawless. Um, we've had um, a few issues regarding what happens, um, but I do want to inform the um, the citizens that are in the current District 6 school board district, we are maintaining and holding our own. Um, we are just looking at one particular area, and that's picking up maybe the Wilma Hutchins High School, but we are maintaining and holding our own. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, concerns about districts that were large and districts that were small. Uh, district 5, um, which is uh, Trustee Maxie Johnson, was the largest district. And District 7, which is uh, Trustee Ben Mackey, uh, was the smallest district. So there's been some um, movement on trying to redraw those lines. Uh, district 8... Uh, Joe Carrion has um, uh, also uh, moved to try to get some additional lines drawn. Uh, my goal is to uh, make sure that we um, continue to have three, three, and three in terms of our district lines, three African-American, three Anglo, and um, three uh, Hispanic. Uh, that's extremely uh, important because that balance helps us to continue to do what we need to do for our schools. And so I am, I'm extremely interested in that process and would encourage any of the listeners, if there are opportunities for you to go online and um, put in your input or if you want to contact me um, to put in your input regarding redistricting, I certainly would, would appreciate that. But sir, that is one of the major issues that we're dealing with uh, right now. Uh, Ms. Foreman, is a redistricting, I think, are they doing city council and uh, yes. uh, state representative and yes. Congress? Everything is being redistricted yes. right now. I think we have, do we have a caller? Yes, we have uh, Leon now. Leon? Yeah. Good morning, Leon. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, Good morning Leon. Yes, yes, it's a great day. Uh, in uh, in America, it's particularly DISD. Uh, who are you rooting for? Well, you know, uh, Leon, we we know that South Oak Cliff is in the uh, of the finals for football, and for me personally, uh, they are a part of Dallas ISD, so we're all family, and we are rooting to make sure. Uh, that South Oak Cliff moves on uh, in the playoffs because it's important that they are the only Dallas ISD team left and we all Absolutely. have to rally behind them. Absolutely. You know, you know David just slew Goliath. So uh, it happens in 2021 terms. Uh, Alito has uh, a stellar record. Yes. Three, three consecutive uh, state championships, nine overall state championships, and uh, it just shows what uh, our DISD kids can do when we get resources and uh, we get leadership and we stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with them and uh, we shook up the world. 
Well, one of the things that you have uh, at South Oak Cliff is Coach Mays, who is the athletic director, who is a stellar um, uh, premier coach who is leading all of South Oak Cliff. And, and I am so excited because uh, Coach Mays and I go a long ways back. And I'm excited that he has this opportunity to, to bask in this glory that we're having right now. And I hope that uh, we will continue and win the, the state championship. Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the upgrade of this facility and the resources that the kids get, not only athletically, but also academically, it, uh, it should be a, a uh, indicator of how inner city kids can perform when they are properly resourced and led. And uh, we, uh, we put it all out there on the football field. Uh, it was actually a fair fight for a change. We didn't have one hand tied behind our back. And so we showed that we can compete with anybody in the state and the country uh, if we get uh, a fair shot. And that's what we want to continue to try to get is a fair shot, equal resources, equal opportunities. And we have the leadership. So uh, all I can say is, you know, how about them bears and, and who you root for? Well, you know, one of the things is I certainly uh, am proud of the Bears, but I'm also proud of all of DISD, particularly when it comes to the athletic processes that we're going through. But not just that. Uh, I have a strong concentration on education uh, also. And when we look at the resources that we're putting into, <coughs> excuse me, our campuses uh, is, is extremely important. Um, our children are coming back from the pandemic with a lot of issues and we're having to, to work through that and, and working through that is putting in a bunch of resources that in fact will make our schools stronger and that's not just South Oak Cliff, that's all of our schools um, because that's yeah. what I'm interested in is not just one school but all of our schools to make sure that we get the resources that we actually need. Yes, because uh, uh, during some of my visits uh, as a volunteer for the uh, baseball program, I've had an opportunity to go to some of the campuses and they need a facelift also. Uh, the Madisons, the Lincolns, these are older facilities. They need facelifts and, uh, and it, it, it will just change the culture when the student gets in that environment and he sees a nice, clean building, uh, air conditioning functioning properly, uh, new computers, uh, all those type, type things are not only deserve, needed, but they're also deserved. Well, you, uh, you do know that Madison is in the process of, of receiving a competition gym. Um, and, and so Lincoln is also being considered for some other things. We, we're trying to spread the love around to uh, all of our campuses and particularly the ones that are in uh, predominantly African-American areas. But there, there are new um, football fields, baseball fields going on to all of our campuses. So we're trying to spread that love to everybody. Well, that, that's good because it's, it's not only needed, but it's deserved. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and uh, this is this is something for Councilwoman Arnold. Uh, not only does does uh, uh, South Oak Cliff represent DISD, but it also represents the city of Dallas. 
Uh, Dallas has not had a team since I've been living here, in, uh, which I arrived in 2006, that has gone this far in the playoffs. And we normally uh, get beat by the uh, better-resourced uh, suburban schools. And so uh, City of Dallas, uh, they need to get behind us, too, and uh, push with all the, uh, the, the uh, ability and the force that's possible. So I, I, I don't know about... About football and and not going anywhere since 2006, but I do know from a basketball standpoint, I've had Carter and Kimball to reach the UIL finals. Right. So, right. so 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 we, we are we are now. we are reaching. The, We're talking about football. Now. Yeah, but we are reaching. But we want to make sure that we we give a fair assessment. And the the fair well, assessment is, is, is the fair football, assessment football. is. And basketball is not football, so there's a distinction. Uh, if, if I might interject, can there's I can I say this to you, Leon? So okay. what we don't do is put down any of of our schools' abilities. And while South Oak Cliff is doing no, I, what, I, 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 listen I, I, to me, Leon. What I'm saying. Leon, listen to me. What I'm saying. Listen I'm to not me. Putting down anyone. Okay. Hold, hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm up against a short break, and we're not gonna mischaracterize this breakup. We got to pay some bills. We'll be right back. Thank you. Yeah, what's up? I'm going to kick it with mine again. All right, all right. We're back on Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Ike Stein, your host, sitting in for uh, Reverend Barnett, who's getting some time off with family and friends. It is the holidays, and he deserves a break. So uh, we were discussing... Uh, Sports and South Oak Cliff and basketball and, and you can join this conversation and we can you can talk about what you want to talk about as long as it's decent because we got a lot to talk about. We're gonna talk about critical race. We're gonna talk about the trial of Ahmad Aubrey. We're gonna talk about a lot of different things. We districting. We got some issues going on in Dallas with the police department. We just got all kind of issues going on. Uh, I think the city of Dallas is experimenting with. Uh, picking up your buck trash only uh, twice a year when they're already late every month, look like it. So, uh, Leon, are you still with me? Oh, yes, absolutely. All right, All right we're gonna, I'm going to let you wrap it up. Yes, uh, but I just want to say, uh, from a standpoint of trying to, be a, trying to do a little work, volunteer work at the school, I wish I could see more people who are retired, who maybe perhaps they're sitting on their couch, try to come out to the schools and try to uh, support those faculty because they're doing a great job, but they need help because because a lot of instances uh, there there are they need support because some of the kids uh, they they come from rough environments uh, they may not be as uh, cultured as you would like and to see that added. Uh, presence supporting that faculty uh, would certainly be helpful because I can tell you from a one-on-one standpoint it, it would work. All right. Well, I, I kind of agree with you and I disagree at the same time. I would like to see more people uh, come out and support the schools, not just uh, retired people because retired people, they didn't, a lot of them didn't put their times in and to go out there and and to be out there with these energetic kids, and uh, I got grandkids, and 
it's rough for me to stick up with them sometimes. But thank you for your call, Leon, and we appreciate you, and you have a great weekend. Uh, I think we got another call. Who do we have? And we have uh, Tony. Tony. Yeah. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Good morning Tony. I've been missing you. Yeah, we've been missing you, Tony. I've been working in the morning lately, so. So what's on your mind? I want to give context. There are things that, like, I know the car shooters are going to a national event. Yes. That's, um, uh, the Rangel School had uh, had placed at least challenging us. And what was that? Uh, robotics. Yes. So there are other things going on. I, I did see something about DSD having, like, the, uh, uh, chess and debate. Those are things that count too that no one wants to consider. Yes. Yes. One last night. And that's a great thing. But no one said anything about the young man who went there a year or two ago who went to South, went to Harvard. That's something that the gentleman could have said if he's really involved. Because that's something you say, you know what? It's academic and athletic. So a lot of times, like I said, our community, because of lack of resources, we choose to we choose to nurture sports. Watch the money spent on sports, and watch the money spent on academics. Meaning, you ain't have to get really involved. Just buy a book, teach you how to read. But guess what? Everybody a cowboy fan. But if the cowboys come to this side of town, I'm talking about volunteering it. Now you don't have to ask them. They come to this side of town, and they give back. Some of them do. That's not an argument or debate. But if you're going to be a Cowboys fan, you should expect all the resources they have to put in the southern side where they know we need resources. Jerry Jones said Highland Park for a reason. So I wanted to kind of give that there are other things going on in South ISD that is great academically. Yes. That's all Trustee uh, uh, Formal Challenge say is. Yes, that, that's that's correct. I last year, uh, Tony, I was so excited because one of our star basketball players at Carter got a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars scholarship to TCU. It was an academic scholarship, not not a football scholarship. And I in turn gave him a thousand dollars of my own money because I was so excited that it was academics. While I respect and appreciate sports, I also know that our children, most of them won't be in sports. And so we've got to we've got to look at both sides of it um, and, and try to understand that sports is just one element of education. Uh, we've got to get our kids more involved in the sciences like the STEMs, the robotics. We got to get our kids more more geared toward going to college, as opposed to their career being left on the on the um, athletic fields. So it's just a lot of work. I I applaud Sock, uh, but I also applauded um, Kimball last year when we got to the to, to the playoffs and 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 lost the state by two points. So. You know, it, it's all good, but we got to look at the whole perspective, and that's that's all I was saying. All right, uh, Tony, I got a question for you. I can't let you get away without asking you this. Uh, kind of switching gears a little bit. Uh, uh, Congresswoman Eddie Benice Johnson is uh, is retiring. This she won't run again. So 
and I know you got a very great political mind. So who, who do you like to see to get that seat, if you don't mind me asking? Okay, I mean, that's, that's, that's great, because I've been thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it ain't called Sherman, so we're not going to go there. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, my my uh, initial thought is Jasmine. Uh, I can't think of her last name. Out of the 100th District. What's her name again? What was the first name? Jasmine, something Jasmine. Um, Crockett. Yeah, Crockett, yeah, yeah. But my question is, is, you know, it's one thing being on TV. It's one thing giving uh, the, the lights on TV and being in front of television. Given that, I think she, I think she's young. The problem is the naiveness of going to Washington. That part, but you know, Ebony Johnson, I, I, I read some things that she might be backing her. Now, I don't want the mayor to run. He already said he's not going to win. I, I think he knew he was going to win, personally. I think that's the mayor of Dallas, number one. Number two is, is that you, you do need somebody that, 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 that is young and feisty. The thing is, I don't know if it's, if it's vanity or if, it's, if, if she's for the people for real. I haven't talked to her personally. But that's what I'm leaning right now towards her because I've seen her interviews. I've seen what she did. <clears throat> Now, I do question some things she said now. When they ran to Washington, they ran to Washington, and she was trying to, trying to get, the, get the, 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 that voting act passed. I'm like this. First of all, this ain't the first time Democrats ran out of state. She knew she was going to lose to begin with. If she didn't, she shouldn't be running for office because we had, uh, last time we had a group of uh, representatives ran out of doubt Texas, and they had to come back, and the Republicans still won. Whatever the, the issue, I mean, the issue was as far as in whatever it is, it was. But other than that, you know, I I I I, I think uh, right now that's the only person I've seen who has came out who's running for that spot. All right. Well, we got several people running. I, I me myself, I kind of uh, I kind of like Carl Sherman. I don't know that much about him, and uh, you have a uh, uh, Jane Hampton. Uh, I don't. Hamilton. I met her Hamilton. 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 I'm pronouncing her name wrong. She be mad at me on the campaign but anyway I I, I like her I mean it's, it's several good candidates out there whether we agree on them or not and I just like to see the substance because uh, just because the yeah. person got yeah. a lot of energy and they can fight yeah. they need yeah. to know how to negotiate too because we're not going to Washington just to fight we're going to fight for exactly. a cause and Sometimes, you know, sometimes people get in the fight and they so used to fighting and they don't won the prize and they still fighting and the prize get taken away. So I just thought I'd interject that in there. Like I say, okay. and I, I kind of favor Carl Sherman because I think he's bringing a little more substance and uh, stability because, uh, you know, and I don't know Miss Crockett like that. So I'm not a political analyst. I just thought I'd just put that in there. I, I didn't know you were running, so, you know, like I say, I don't know who, but I'll see you running. When I get all the names, I can better give you a judgment, but, but, but thank you. Fast. All right, and thank you, Tony. You have a great day. Thank you for it. No, stay away too long. Have a great day. All right. All right, do we have another caller? No caller. So, Miss Arnold. Good morning, sir. Good morning. But by December 13th, you should know uh, pretty much the slate of individuals who have thrown their hat into the ring. So I thought I'd throw that date in so the, you know. Is that the last date? Filing of, date. The last yes. filing date. I see where uh, 
Honorable Judge uh, Vonzell Hill Jones has announced that she's running. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we got a lot. Yeah, it's an open seat. So well, I think by uh, Miss uh, Johnson, really, a lot of good candidates haven't come out yet because they wouldn't go challenge uh, Miss Miss Eddie Bernice Johnson. But you know, sometimes you get that in the incompetent that been there for years, and some people they won't challenge them. But when they when they move out the way, then the floodgates are open. Right, right, right. And so, and, and you know, just to kind of follow up. On that, it is an open seat. It's an open season, and it you have a number of names who uh, have made some decisions to run. Some would like to think about it, but at the end of the day, it's a very serious uh, commitment. And uh, running in a race to uh, to that magnitude does require support, but it also su- requires money, financial support, and that is a large district. And it does uh, require funding to get the message out. So we'll see what happens uh, in the upcoming weeks. So I wanted to just share this with us uh, on the city side for us to remember uh, the late Richard Knight, who passed on uh, Monday of this week. Uh, He was hired as our first African-American city manager here in the city of Dallas, uh, hired in, I believe, 1986 and served until 1990. Uh, We're going to miss him and his and. Of course, he made impacts while he served, and so some of the notables was that he worked to make sure that the Myerson Symphony uh, Center was completed. Uh, There were some expansions uh, in the Cotton Bowl in Fair Park and also in the Dallas Convention Center, just to name a few. And one thing I really liked about Mr. Richard Knight, uh, even though I was not serving in the city capacity, but I was a constituent, is that he stayed in the southern sector. He didn't move because his title changed. He stayed with us. He stayed right off Redbird Lane. <laughs> All right. He and his wife Mavis Knight, who also served as state board, um, uh, state board of education commissioner, they stayed right with us during the struggle, and and um, and we appreciate their work. Our hearts go out to that family, and of course, uh, his family. Uh, I think he has what three three sons. Mm-hmm. So and their families, but I did want to make sure we put that on record because he was a man of prestige, honorable, honorable and professional. Amen. Yeah. Well, I had an opportunity to work with Richard Knight. Uh, he was a no-nonsense kind of right. guy mm-hmm. uh, who wasn't afraid to do what was right, no matter who uh, tried to stand in the gap of doing the right thing. Right. Um, so I, I, my condolences also go to his family, uh, particularly to his wife, Mavis, who I, do, I still serve on the board with. Okay. All right. Do we have another caller? Yeah. We have uh, Jofi. Jofi on line one. Who? Jofi. All right. I'm not going to try. Jofi. Uh, Good morning. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. My name is... Um, I just wanted to make a... What's your name again, ma'am? I beg your pardon? No, I, I didn't get your name. Josie. Josie. Okay, good morning, Josie. And thank you for calling. Well, I'm a long-time resident of Minnesota, and Mr. Axe made the comment that he didn't know much about Carl Sherman, but he liked the... I can Can you speak up a little bit? Jasmine Crockett or Jane Hamilton, but the Sherman ruined this order. Now the school district also in this. So don't she breaking up? There, that's not going to. You breaking up, ma'am? I'm. I'm I, you, I don't want to. I mean, we need to hear everything you're saying. We, I'm, I'm trying to uh, let get 
the input you're putting in, but your phone is breaking up. Well, I asked that, but uh, I was going to say that Germans ruined the city of DeSoto, also have a school district which we may never recover from. We have had no new growth since the Sherman was mayor of the city. All businesses that were never replaced. And also, during the time that he was on the council or mayor, someone sold all of the residents' names to a company, and we were billed for water rights in case that we build, uh, if we dug an lawn or anything and broke a pipe or something, we wouldn't have to pay for it. And me, that was very misleading. So I would just say, if we can get Corey Sherman out of state representative office and get someone in that's going to be more than just a figurehead, I think the residents of DeSoto, Cedar Hill, and the areas that he represents will be better or greater for that. But I can personally say we do not want Sherman in any representative office especially in Washington, D.C. That is my comment. All right. We thank you for that comment. I mean, you, I mean, your vote counts. So, all right. So do we have anyone else? Yeah, we have uh, James. So. James? Yeah. Good morning, James. Good morning to the panel. Good morning. Uh, I have a uh, question. I guess it would be, it would apply uh, mostly to, uh, board member foreman, but anybody else who wants to chime in. Um, you know, in the upcoming political season, the uh, Republicans, uh, the uh, conservatives are pushing uh, school choice. Matter of fact, they're making that one of the big big issues of, of their whole election effort. School choice. And it sounds good. Um, and it's, uh, I think it's a, a brand name of a scam for a charter school. Now, I don't necessarily know, but uh, I would like to hear uh, uh, board member Foreman uh, break down that whole school choice, public school, charter school grab bag and uh, tell us how it goes. And, and by the way, I uh, I support Shanita Cleveland for the upcoming election. Anyway, I'm going to hang up and uh, get down. You don't have to hang up. You just stay there. <laughs> She's going to explain it to you because you might have another question. Go ahead, Ms. Foreman. Uh, Thanks for the question. Uh, School choice is not just synonymous with um, charter schools, but it also um, uh, includes choice within school districts. Um, If you know anything about my my history uh, and since I've been on the school board is is that uh, I fought against um, charter schools, um, simply because charter schools are ran by nonprofits, uh, and they don't have an elected board where parents have an opportunity to uh, express their concerns. So the the choice issue uh, also revolves around dollars, because a lot of their their friends can, uh, in fact, um, open up a charter school and make money. Um, the superintendent of Faith Family with about 3,000 students uh, makes about the same amount that Superintendent Hinojosa makes with 147,000 kids. And so this is a good opportunity for them to make money at the expense of 
of our children because what you don't find are charter schools um, in areas where it's predominantly Anglo. They're mostly uh, put in areas where it's predominantly African-American and Hispanic. Um, telling people that they are going to get a better education, but what they don't understand is is that through that choice mechanism, uh, many of the students Many of the students are weeded out. I think we're going to a break. We're going to a break, and we're going to pick right back up on this conversation coming off the break. Yeah, what's up? It's I'm going to kick it with the line, y'all know. It's Yo, Slim, can I it's kick it like Here we go. Well, it's time to make that change. People of the world today are fading. All of us have our ups and downs. You better think about it or you won't be around. What we need is a little bit of love. Send by one from heaven up above. Take a boutique, it's simple and plain. Okay, so just to, to finish up on the school choice issue. So school choice is also taunted within DISD where we have uh, innovative schools and transformation schools. And um, children are, and families are able to choose which school um, that the children go to. It's kind of like the magnet school program where you have to apply for the schools and then you are um, you're able to uh, get into those schools. So choice goes uh, both ways. Um, certainly I believe in choice uh, to, a, to an extent within the Dallas ISD public schools, but I also believe in neighborhood schools where we make sure that the kids in the neighborhoods also have an opportunity uh, to get a quality uh, education and not have to just apply to schools. Uh, I thoroughly uh, think that uh, there's a push, not just locally, but nationally for uh, charter schools. And that's going to continue as long as we have the administration that we have in place. Let me ask you a question, Ms. Foreman. That's been this thing like, uh, the Republicans are really, really pushing charter schools, but we have a, a number of Democrats that's, they got their hands in the pocket of these charter school people also because uh, as we go around, I mean, you'd you be surprised who supports charter schools from your ex-president, I mean, your latest president, not, I'm not talking about Trump, neither. Mm-hmm. From Obama on down, these right. people uh, really push these charter schools and You'd be surprised who put money into their campaigns. So that's that's part of the issue. I, I tried to uh, elude to, so maybe I just need to say um, that it's all about money. It's about money. It's all about money. Right. It's, it's follow the money. All right, I think we have another caller. Yeah, so we still have James, and we also have uh, Soul Joiner. All right, James, was it, uh, did that answer your question? Do you want to inject something well, else into the conversation? Well... Well, it's uh, kind of confusing. Uh, if uh, if the uh, uh, school board member could, could you give us a, a website or a, a name, a, uh, a document or something that we could go to to uh, dig up some additional information? I'm going to hang up and get off the line. Thank you very much. Okay, the, the website that you could go to is Dallas ISD and look for their innovative and transformation schools. Uh, that will That's also choice. All you got to do is Google charter schools, and you got it all over the place. But to get the Dallas ISD choice schools, then um, just go to DallasISD.org. Thank you. All right, so we got uh, Sojourning on the line, right? Good morning, Sojourning. 
Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm fine, y'all. Good morning. Good morning. I have two questions right quick, and one is concerning the city, and one is concerning DISD. I'll start with DISD. Uh, I want to know how is the leadership, like the principalship of the schools, determined? And the reason why I'm asking this question is because I'm seeing a lot of, uh, and I've talked with some of the security people at schools, uh, the policemen and so forth, and they are telling me that their hands are tied when they're having to deal with children leaving the campus. It's too easy for the kids to walk off the campus during the daytime. So I'm, I'm wondering, is that problem, how did you choose your leaders? How are principals chosen? Because it's, it's so lackadaisical that, that, you know, you see these kids, they just walk off campus. And, you know, there's no... They're out in the neighborhood, and they're not, like, you know, trying to get back to school. They're walking around just hanging out. And it's, it's a lack of leadership in the school. And also my question for the city, why I go and see other areas. You go and you'll see street sweepers on the street sweeping the streets, but I don't see it in Dallas. And I was just wondering why. Because the city is really nasty now, trash everywhere. And I think if you if you sh the city shows an effort that they're trying to keep the city clean, then people may respond to that positively. All right, Miss Foreman, let's, let's, let's have a bite at it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab at it because it's it's actually a couple of different issues. Right. Um, the the first issue you ask is how the the principals were chosen. Well, the, the principals go through a process of, of being chosen for each school. Uh, the executive director actually leads that process, which is the principal's boss. And um, they have a panel of community people that also get involved in the process. And then the final selection is done by the superintendent. The issue with children leaving the campus is a, is a different issue. And we've seen more of that since um, students have come back from the pandemic, pandemic right. than we saw in the past. Um, it, it is alarming. I, I'll, I will tell you that. And, and certainly I um, have raised some concerns about it. But part of it is, is that if you look at what Dallas ISD did recently, which I did not support, uh, was to change our discipline policies where uh, students were are not able to be expelled as readily as they have been in the past. Uh, and so they go to what they call a reset room where kids can just go in and talk about their issues and stay in there three days and then go back to class. Well, I am a firm believer that, that students have to have consequences for their action. And without consequences, they're going to continue to do the same thing. So now uh, I think Dallas ISD is beginning to rethink this new policy, which ties the hands of the principals in some cases uh, in terms of how they handle their disciplinary actions for our students. Right, because I think they came up with a uh, something about truancy where they wasn't going to put these kids in the system. You right. know, when kids were used to... Uh, skip school and stuff, they wind up uh, getting a case and they, 
you know, a criminal record mm-hmm. just behind skipping school. So it's, it's, it's hard to balance. And one of the main things in there that, that this whole thing pivots on is the parents. Mm-hmm. And the parents have to get more involved totally. with their kids, you know, because, you know, today's parents are not like it was when I came up. You know, your parent, you know, did not allow you to disrespect teachers. Now, you know, I just hate to put it like this. If the kid cussed the teacher out, then I go home and tell the parent the teacher got another cussing coming from the parent. Mm-hmm. It used to be, didn't be like this. Right. So we got to get back to the basics. So go ahead on, uh, Mr. Arnold. I think he mm-hmm. want to know about well, street sweepers. Right. And you've asked a very uh, uh, interesting question. It's one that continues to uh, be presented. But what? just to sum it up, number one, much of it has to center around budget and what your priorities are. And in this city right now, with us having a $4.3 billion budget, uh, decisions have to be made. So sometimes you have to do trade-offs. Now, um, we do have the street sweepers, and most of those, of course, are, are in the downtown uh, business district. Uh, so we, I think back in the 80s, you saw those street streepers, 80s and probably 90s in our neighborhoods, and that was a different budget and different time. So to answer your question, it's a budgetary um, item. And so right now, there's not a consensus behind pushing for the return of street sweepers to our neighborhoods. That's first and foremost. But I also want to comment uh, on, the, on the issue of just of cleaning up and living in a clean uh, environment. And much of the challenges that we have to accept the fact, number one, that the budget is limited, two, that we have an obligation as constituents uh, to pitch in just to clean up our own community, starting with our own yards. We have individuals, and this, this is not a cop-out, but just generally speaking with the umbrella, where people uh, will have trash sitting out in their front yard, litter, litter trash, let's say trash, refuse to, refuse to pick, that's how they live. You have individuals, and I've seen them, who are driving down the street, will let the window down and throw trash out the window. Now you used to get a ticket so, for that, didn't you? If you're caught, you know, if you're caught in the act, but my point is, is we are participating. We're seeing, we're looking at a, 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 a generation of individuals who participate in littering, and so, and then you have some who work hard in their communities. And you'll see neighborhoods where two or three homes will have pristine yards, they're clean, and then all around them is trash. And so, w- when we talk about the southern sector, in particular, that of the areas that I represent being trashy, we understand that there is a need to clean because that attracts businesses and investors. But we also have to understand that when code comes out and they're called out, they can't come back every day. We also have to understand that uh, if we're going to move forward, we have to move together. In that case in point, I've been involved in neighborhood cleanups where we brought cold out and volunteers and the people in the neighborhood are in in the sitting in the house while we're cleaning up their neighborhood. And so we've got to have a partnership as we clean our own neighborhoods. Businesses need to also begin to take a more aggressive approach in cleaning their properties. You will, I've seen people walk out of the store, walk out of a convenience store, for example, and throw their bag right there on the, on the ground. That, the trash can is sitting right to the left or to the right. And so it's about a, a, a change. It's going to have to take a change in the mindset. Of, we call it a paradigm shift in the thinking. So we've got a challenge. We know that. But I will tell you, it hurts us more in the southern sector because we're looking to 
attract individuals who want to invest in this city. And if you stop and think about yourself, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Steen, just stop and think about this. Would you want to invest and build a brand new house in the middle of a cesspool? You're not going to do it on their landfill. So to answer that question, it's a budgetary issue, and we've got to make some decisions to start reclaiming our communities one house, one community at a time. Are you standing? Okay. Oh, go ahead. Uh, and I agree with everything you said because one of the biggest problems is your local businesses. They'll let trash pile up in front of their business and won't do anything about it. And another thing is the type of businesses that are being allowed to come into the community. A lot of business that's coming into the communities are not adding anything to the community. Mm-hmm. They, they, they are uh, old garages that pile up old cars that don't get fixed and then, they're, then they're, their property become parking lots for old cars. Why we can't do something about that? Correct. Well, let me just quickly say this uh, because that's some, some couple of the areas that I'm looking at now and all of it Really, number one, you start off with property rights. Because if, if I had the power just as one council member, and it has to come through policy, all of those shady tree mechanics that have storage of, facil- of cars, trucks, year in, year out, and auto parts, and, and, you know, just junk, if we could get them out within 30 days, I'm right there. It takes a policy change, and then oftentimes, as I said, it's a property right issue, and then you have to go through courts, and it takes time. But I think when you begin to have support from the community and they begin to raise the flag, enough is enough, then that puts more pressure on the council. And I keep reminding individuals, it's not a change that we can take just alone with one vote. Everything we do around the horseshoe has to have eight or more votes. And so it's often important to, uh, to me to restate that because folks always say, well, she, he ain't doing nothing, he ain't doing It takes eight to make a policy change and make a decision. So thank you for calling today. And, and I would love to, if you live in District 4, love to have you to give us a call. Maybe you can serve on one of our boards and commissions. And that's where we need more volunteers to help us move some of the conversations around the changes that we need to see in this city. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you for your call. Uh, Mr. Owen, let me ask you a question because sometimes we complain and uh, then when we get the adjustment that need to be made, then we complain about it being over-adjusted because I remember back, uh, you know, when so much crime, like right now we got all this uh, street racing and these people doing everything crazy in the intersection and stuff, but when we brought in uh, the state troopers, then... People was complaining about them stopping them, and they supposed to be stopping crime. But I said, well, he stopped me because my tag was out or my driver's license is expired. And so then they complained about the adjustment. Right. So how do you get around that? Right. The, the facts are the facts, and the truth is the truth. Now, if you want uh, us to enforce the law, then we have to accept the fact that that is a decision we made as a society. We There are consequences, just as the trustee spoke about a few minutes ago, there are consequences for your action. And so you can't be a little legal. You're legal or you're not. You can't right. be a little pregnant. You, you, you know, you're pregnant. I can't so, complain about <laughs> Oh, you're not. Oh, you're not. <laughs> I can't complain about the trash on the ground. Then I'm setting my buck trash out two weeks before the man. Or throwing this stuff out right. of your car. Right. right. Or the day after. Or you right. set it out the day after the bulk trash right. comes. The day after the right. trash man run, right. you sit out. So I think we got a, another call. I'm going to try to get him in. 
Who do we have? Yeah, uh, we have uh, Joe on the line too. Uh, good morning, Joe. Good morning, how you doing? Doing great. What's on your hey, mind? You guys are on there. Along the line of the trash and the uh, people not policing up behind themselves, uh, you notice where there's a lot of beggars on the street corners, and the numbers seem to be getting larger, not smaller. But point is, where those beggars uh, stand and beg, they leave a lot of trash there, and it's day in and right. day out. And you are absolutely uh, they right. They leave little push carts, old boxes, yep. old burgers with one bite out of them because a lot of those guys, they want money. They don't want the food right. and the bottles of water, what have you. Mm-hmm. That's something that I would like for you to touch on uh, and uh, get that addressed because every corner, and they don't, it's not that they do it that day. That stuff is left there week after week and month after month. Uh, I get up there and let you respond. Thank you. Well, I, I will tell you that is a hot topic for most of our districts. Uh, there's, that is something that uh, through our last actions with Homeless Solutions, you know, where we're now creating the program where we are reaching out and trying to offer uh, housing uh, solutions to those individuals who are on the corners. And now we are not sending police necessarily unless it's uh, it's there the it's probably the second call out but we're sending marshals there but the, to at least approach the individuals to ask them to leave but to dig deeper into it we do have some limitations because of the constitution and the courts have ruled that uh, those individuals have a right and I know it sounds crazy they have a right of free speech to ask right. for money now the the challenge gets into if you're soliciting or or you're panhandling and to me it's both the same you're asking for something right but what you're also doing is creating litter and and this is me now talking because this is my conversation with the city manager and the director of homelessness solutions you're also creating environmental hazards because when those individuals begin to sit in the median or sit on those corners and spend the night and sleep in the dart stations and use the restroom in those areas you're creating environmental issue for us and so uh, we number one needs this, the public to do this call 311 to report it because we need a paper trail and that helps me as a council member and all council members to rally up to get the resources case in point we have a, an individual uh, we have a little hot spot down here on uh, short uh, Vista Wood and Ledbetter and you, uh, where we're seeing more uh, panhandlers coming right. in. So about a, two weeks ago, I, 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 two or three weeks ago, I, we began to see a, a gentleman who was who had posted a sign up that says he needed someone, he needed donations or whatever to help him buy cannabis. I, I had to stop and I'm like, are you real serious? Right. So the bottom line is he was there for two, at least two weeks straight. And so after we continue to have calls and I'm showing documentation and we're calling the police, the police go out and all they can do is ask him to move and guess what? He leaves. We send homeless solutions out and he says what? He doesn't need a home. So finally we get another concern, complaint. We go out, the marshals get out and now they find that he has not only the sign asking for donations for cannabis and all words spelled correctly, he now has, <coughs> he's smoking it. And so that was the call we got so, and led so to the So maybe he run out of papers. Now right. he got to say, I need some papers, you know, for but, but, but the, to roll what? my cannabis. Right, but he had a stash in his truck, and it oh. enabled the marshals now to arrest him. And also he had warrants, so it gives right. him a chance right. to search. So All right. keep calling in, and that's what I'm going to tell everyone. Call 311 to get the job done and let us handle up on making sure we get the resources. All right, we're up against a short <laughs> break. You can join us at 972 
1893 and we'll be right back. Yo, what's up? I'm gonna kick it with mine, y'all you know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it like this? Here we go. All right, we're back on church information in open form. Um, I extend your host sitting in for Reverend Barnett while he's out uh, enjoying his family. It's Thanksgiving. He's having a great time joining his family. You can join him tomorrow morning at 9.30 on Facebook. Uh, Marion Barnett Sr. on Facebook, Heavenly Joy Church. And my distinctive guest today is Councilwoman, uh, City Council of District 4, Ms. Carolyn Arnold, and School Board Trustee of DISD District 6, Ms. Joyce Foreman. And uh, you can join this conversation. We're talking about several different topics. What's on your mind? Uh, talking about election. Uh, Mr. Ed Bernice Johnson is not running again. We have some candidates up that uh, some like and some don't, but that's what the voting process is for. And we were discussing a uh, litter, trash in your yard, trash <coughs> in the street. And it's a problem in Dallas. And one thing that ticks me off more than anything about picking up litter is the new trash that we got now that we used to didn't have to deal with. People throwing their masks down. Right, right. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. you, you got a mask on because you're protecting yourself or somebody else from catching COVID, whether you have it or not. Then you throw it down in the street to an, uh, especially these healthcare workers. I'm not trying to target them, but I sometimes look like when they leave a specific location, you look out there on the curb, the mass is sitting out there and it's blowing and you got to pick it up. And I mean, that's what we're trying to stop this pandemic and not spread it. Well, that may be some of the, the, the clients going in. But you are right. It, I mean, this is just, just it takes my breath away to see folks walk out. And when I see them walk out the store and throw their mask down immediately. And I thought, here's a trash can over here and there. And, and you might need your mask on your next stop. But uh, it is a phenomenon that uh, I, I can't explain, but it's, it's like this. Some folks have this attitude. They get paid to clean it up. What? Well, you say it could be a client, and you're right. It could be right. a patient coming in now. You know, well, I'm just talking about it at, at somebody's <laughs> home. Ain't no patients going in. Well, they live yeah. there. Well, you said, I thought you said health care workers. Well, but anyway. The health care so, workers that go to, to do home health care. Oh, home health care. Right, okay, right. I, I see that part. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, all right. So the bottom line is this: we we need to stop that. Right. But, you know, it's just about responsibility and accountability. And uh, I don't know what's going on even around the schools. If we're seeing some of those masks even around right. schools, you know. Uh, all right. We, I, th- I think we have a caller. Uh, do we? Uh, yeah. Who do we have? Uh, we have a uh, Mike. Mike on the line one. Mike. Yes. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Sir. How are you doing? All right. Good morning. I am really happy. I'm really happy that somebody is actually talking about uh, this kind of issues. I do have a, a proposal to you. Actually, I do have two questions. One, I I would like to offer a property in South Dallas, which is a forty thousand square foot abandoned building. It's been there for a long time. However, the city of Dallas has been fighting us to do anything with it. What's the address again? I'm sorry. Well, the address is 1,000 Sergeant Road. Oh, 1,000 Sergeant 1, Road. Sergeant Road. Okay. Number yeah. That is, our, that is our property, and the city of Dallas has been going back and forth, back and forth on this property, and we have not been able to use that property almost 20 years. And my question to you is that 
if you guys are willing to collaborate with that, why don't we go ahead and create a homeless shelter there and we get our tax credit, you guys, I mean, we can help a lot of people. Why don't, since you are that in your district, would you be willing to work with us on uh, getting something happen in that area? Because that's 12 acre land, 40,000 build, foot buildings, which we can do a lot on that property. Because according to city of Dallas, uh, they, they're only gonna pay me $12 for that property. Well, you know, we really have to know, and that's something we don't have time to discuss on air because we have to know more about uh, the situation. But let me just say this, and I'm glad you asked that question. Everything that we do, uh, every step we make uh, around the horseshoe requires a process. And that's it's, it's hard sometimes to get folks to understand that there's a process because we are a legal entity. We have a charter. We have responsibilities. And so with that being said, it's a process that you have to go through. So I would be more than happy to have you contact, uh, contact my office. We can get with appropriate staff and understand what your challenges are and understand also the community is also you're right. And also community weighs in on on some of those decisions. Uh, that are made in terms of. I have of actually sent a letter to your office. I have actually sent a letter to your office a while back. Uh, we have not had any response from it yet. Plus, uh, we've been waiting on this process for the past five years. Okay, but let me and just say this. To, uh, let me just say this. You have to staff. This is the other thing I wanted to put on on the table. Staff has the responsibility to provide the roadmap. When you come with issues, whether it's dealing with zoning or the procedure for uh, running your business, that is something that goes to staff. So we have appropriate uh, uh, staff to handle that. So if you come to my staff, we're going to reroute you to the appropriate staff because, once again, the decisions are made through staff. And if it comes to the, uh, the city manager who's over staff, but when it comes from staff, it comes to the committees, which need another votes to move up to the council. And it's eight votes to move an agenda. So just know that if you have called, you have been rerouted to staff because staff is going to make that decision. That's not a decision that one council member makes that they're going to put a building or a service in a community alone it takes eight votes to move an agenda so thank you so very much and if we need to uh, help reroute you to the proper staff we can do that thank you for calling all right well thank you for that <clears throat> thank you for that call uh who do we have here so we have uh imani on line three imani on line three good morning imani good morning good morning imani how y'all doing all right well, I'm still here. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm uh, trying to ask y'all a question. First of all, city council later, how many people homeless do we have in Dallas? The homeless count? Uh, Mr. Money, I don't have the last count with me. Give me the office. You're going to pop your head. Give me something. Eric. Mr. Imani, can you help me out? Do you have some information you can help me with this point? Because I don't have... I don't what I want to know is the question. I'm asking the question. Do you have any idea how many homeless people in Mr. Imani, I will tell you what. It's probably more than a thousand people. Okay. Well, uh, uh, what reason I'm doing that, we have a, uh, what, uh, the Power Nomics, DFW Power Nomics Corporation in Dallas, we have a bank tank, a book club in the bank tank. We need it today. And uh, we want to know, and you're going to get some statistics because we are, what we're doing, we got stuff, the camera people and stuff. 
we we noticed that all the churches, most of them time, they close and close and stuff on Sundays, and we got uh, fence around them and uh, on the people, and, and then we have a big homeless thing. We can uh, why can't we use some of these buildings? They most time they vacant, they're not open, um, and, and, and we're trying to get a camp so we can figure out how we're gonna get in touch with these pastors. And uh, one more thing, we talked about how we're going to close some of these liquor stores, the alcoholic establishment, my liquor store in 24 hours, and the churches most time are closing. These buildings have just been wasted, and we're just trying to figure out what can we do to get, you know, get these people that's homeless in the town. All right, so, all right so let's let's do this. We know just, you know, just off the top of the head, we know it's more than a thousand people out here and all across the city. But to get more of an accurate count, uh, those counts are taken at certain times and we can help you get that through the Housing and Homeless Solutions team. And we can give that number if you call my office at 972 I'm sorry. Two one four six seven zero zero seven eight zero, and when we talk two one four two one four six seven zero zero seven eight zero, and then we can direct you to Housing and Homeless Solutions, and that is their expertise and their focus is on uh, the homeless. And I will also add this as it relates to buildings. What we also have to remember is this: unless the building is owned by the city, we don't control the destiny of that building. When you own the dirt, then you make decisions. So when you look at someone else's property, then you have to get in touch with the person who owns that property to see what uh, what their desires are. And also you have to know what the zoning is in that particular uh, location. So those are ways that we can help you. And, of course, we will never be able to help everyone uh, at any given time, you know, there's no civil bullet right. that's going to solve all of our problems just by, you know, in one right. year. Right. Well, right. Doing, uh, we just had a big meeting in Florida with uh, Ice Cube and Dr. Claude Anderson and Dr. Boss Watkins. We met them. We're not only local. We're not, we're not only doing it locally, but I'm here in Dallas. So I need this from my area because everybody's collecting information all over the nation. We're not just doing the Dallas thing, okay? So... I, I would like to talk to somebody. I wrote, also, I wrote a letter to Gardner about, about community policing, uh, that we cut down on the uh, police murders in, in our city, and, and I can't get any information. How do I get all this information for my, for my group? So we were having a discussion this morning about good black men that, that really want to change the city. They are big business owners. And how do I get all this information? I just can't get it all on the radio right Right, and it's, it's a lot. So this, this is what we're going to do. You can call my office, and we will help direct you, number one, to the departments that you need to get information. Some of it, of course, you can okay. acquire if you Google, go to the City of Dallas website. But I can tell you, if you have a strong uh, group of individuals who want to work, we can use them as volunteers to help uh, yeah, no, in no, our no, communities. We just All right. So let me let me help you get the Dallas office because that that's my primary focus. I've been hired to help Dallas. So my number is 214-670-0780. But for those of you who are listening to the radio uh, uh, and who are hearing your comments, if you want okay. to work for Dallas, 
to make it a better Dallas, give me a call and we'll hook you up with communities okay. where you can put boots uh-huh. to the ground. So thank you so very much thank for you. calling us. Thank you for that call and uh, we're getting ready. Uh, Mr. Owen, let me ask you a question. Now, I hear people complain about all these liquor stores and beer stores, but I know I'm old and I can't remember that for a bag, but didn't these people vote for this? Right. Uh, I think that came up on the ballot. Right. I mean, uh, Oak Cliff used to uh, be dry. dry. When I first Correct. arrived, it Right, was and dry. they voted for beer stores and liquor stores. Right, they did. So, a council person cannot remove something that you voted in. Right, but 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 remember, if you're zone, we have to understand zoning, and so if you're zoned for retail, commercial retail, then that starts the process. They, right, right. The state of Texas provides the license. Right. And so what we go back to is the fact of the power that we have that we continue to refuse to use, and that's the power of the vote. Right. And, and we that, always that power re- voted we react. For, that vote, that right. power voted to make the southern sector wet. Wet. Okay. Wet. Uh, who do we have right. next? I want to move on. So we have uh, David on uh, line two. David? Yes, On David. line two. Good morning, David. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. Miss uh, Carroll. Hello? Mr. Holmes? Yes. Hello? Something going on with the phones. I can't hardly hear that clear anymore. Mr. Holmes? Yes, sir. I remember you. <laughs> We're losing you. For you to have. Do you hear me? A little bit. You need, can you call, call, talk up right just there. a little bit? It is against the law to have loud pipes in the state of Texas. How come that law ain't being enforced? Loud. Loud tailpipes on your automobile. Right, the right. Dogs, yeah, that, yeah. The, that the dogs in the pool got these brown rods. Yes, sir. And they, all you hear in my neighborhood on Illinois, which was over in my apartment, is these dogs the pool running up and down the highway with loud pipes on those rods and seeing your citizens can't sleep. Right. Now, it's against the law. It is. To have live pipes in, in Texas. How come the chief ain't enforcing that in the police department? It is, and that is a, and I'm glad you brought that up because it is definitely an, uh, an environmental issue on top of that. But it is also a nuisance as it relates to just quality of life. So it, I have spoken to uh, uh, DPD, and so it's all about, number one, whether or not they can catch them. And number two, it's about us reporting. Yes, sir. All they got to do is go sit on the highway. Every one of them that's got these crown walls, these old police cars, got got glass packs of busted pipes right. pipes on it. Right. Uh, mean you can't right. And some of it is about priorities. So I'm not normally with the police officer, but I but I do take those concerns. I will tell you what helps us is that number one. Several of those cars drive up into some some neighborhoods near us. So we need to call three one one to give a description of those vehicles. That's first and foremost. What a license plate, right? Number. License plate. a paper tag. Right. And that's another story. <laughs> right. But it is it is a nuisance, and you're absolutely right. We need to clamp down on it. But if you have a burglary in pro- burglary in process, uh, 
and, and you have a report of a pipe, the, the lack, I think it's a catalytic ver- converters are missing or something, uh, then you're going to go whatever. to the Berkeley. So right. I, I appreciate that. All right. Well, we we up against a short break. We'll be right back with you. We up against a short break, and you can join us at 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? I'm going to kick it with All right, we're back on Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Ike Stein, your host, sitting in for uh, Reverend Barnett. Uh, you can join this conversation at 972-647-1893. And we have our guests, uh, Ms. Arnold, City Council, and Ms. Foreman, a school board trustee. And I think we got a caller on the line. Yeah, we have uh, Eric on line one. Eric on yes. line one. Good morning, Eric. What's up? This is Eric, the box, Jacob. I just want to touch about a couple of things. The reason most black people, most men become homeless because they don't know how to take care of their health. They can't make babies in the 30s or something like that because they don't know how to take care of their health or something. All right. And most women can't have babies because, you know, they can't find guys they like or something like that. But I just want to say it because if you don't take care of your health, and when you can't make a baby, you can't get a job where you can be the woman to help you pay bills, and you lose your home and stuff like that. And when you get grown, mom and dad said you got to go, you can't stay here no more. And you get out in the world, you just can't find a woman that you could meet because you can't make a baby. All right. And they don't want to take care of their health. Okay. All right, Eric. That's, that's, that's great information, right. and we thank you for it. Right. And uh, who do we have next? All right, Miss Arnold. So I wanted to just add to this just a couple of things. Number one, uh, just to follow up on this conversation about those uh, those cars, I've been told uh, that the catalytic catalytic converter has been altered or, or removed, but uh, so they can have the noise. But I wanted to make sure I did let uh, let the public know that we're seeing an increase in theft of catalytic converters. Yeah. So we've seen where folks can uh, through cameras with video they can slide under your car and they're in and out in less. They're less than three or four minutes. And so it's a hot market right now for those catalytic converters. So be careful during this season where you're parking your car. Make sure your cameras are working if you're parking them outside of your garage. But just know that there are also steps being taken, I I know nationally, because we're seeing across the board, to get a a more control on uh, the resale of those catalytic converters where now they'll be asked for information, your ID. This is when you go to a recycling plant and you want to get paid for part. So you'll see that. But also note that we're still, I meant to mention this earlier through the city of Dallas, we're still encouraging folks to remember that we're in the COVID season. We can't get real lax and just think it's all open and it's time to party. And we're going to probably see a more relaxation uh, among some uh, groups and families and communities. But we're seeing uh, and following up with the caller about African-American men uh, who are homeless and we're, we see uh, that's what some of our highest numbers. Um, mental health is becoming more prevalent during this season because we have gone through such a stressful time. And it's okay to seek help. That's, I want to make sure I say that again. It's okay to seek help because we've all been under pressures of, of not being able to have a, quote, normal life. 
uh, our job environment has changed, uh, living environments have changed. You're gonna you're seeing, of course, increase in domestic violence. We're seeing uh, just changes. Just go to the schools, for example. Can you imagine how much pressure? And I'm uh, with our teachers being put in the situations they're in now, uh, dealing with parents who don't want their kids to wear a mask. Some do, some don't. And the, here your teacher has children at home, family at home. And, and so you have all of those challenges, whether it's school, whether it's going to the grocery store, whether it's going to the doctor. So mental health is going to be a real-time um, topic that we need to acknowledge and understand it's going to impact I don't think it's going to be one. I it think is. it's already yeah, one. It is. We got it some is. problems right, right. now. Well, right. We, we, we know that. And thanks for bringing that mm-hmm. up, Ms. Arnold, because um, the the not only the teachers and students are going through the issue with the, with the mask, um, the board has certainly been under pressure regarding um, the mask. And we've had several people to come down and um, try to um, disturb the board meetings based on them not wanting to wear a mask. And I certainly am one that believes that everybody has an option. And if they uh, choose not to wear a mask, that is certainly their option. But where masks are required, um, that, that they have to have on a mask. And so the district also has done a couple of things for students where um, the parents don't want them wearing the mask because the students are not making the decision, it's the parents. Right. Uh, so students can do virtual learning or they will be um, sent to an area where there are other students that are not wearing a mask. And I'm certainly uh, in support of that. Uh, I also wanted to just touch a little bit on um, what has happened to students coming back from the pandemic. Our students are struggling in in many cases. And so um, in each school, uh, now the district has a clinician. They have a psychiatrist, uh, psychologist, or sociologist in each school to try to deal with these particular issues. So, you know what, and I'm in this, I know, I think we're about to have a call, but I also yes. want to throw in the fact that we're losing a number uh, of firefighters and police officers. With the same because issues. Because same issues, because when they go into environments where folks don't want to wear their mask and you're trying, you're exposing our first responders and, it, and it's hurting us. Yes. So I wanted to make sure we, we, we put that out there and it's a mental issue, mental issues, because when you lose that uh, loved one or they're in uh, isolation for a while, it, it, it has a domino effect on us. Okay, we're going to yes. take the call. Got a call. Yeah, we have a uh, Gerald. Good morning, Gerald. Good morning, Gerald. Good morning. Yes, sir. You need to cut your radio off. You need to cut your radio off. Okay. Yes. Yeah, uh, I like to say this here about the homeless. Uh, I, I lived in South Dallas, right in the middle of part of South Dallas, where our homeless is camping at. And where they found the people from Plano, the homeless people from Plano, nothing but one block away from where I live. And just dumped them there. One thing for certain, too, for sure, my hero, my chief, my everything that died in 1980, 10 days before my 13th birthday, my dad. That man, I thought he was never dangerous. One thing he said about people that, that mentally ill and whatnot. 
If you want to find a true one that is really a, a one that is not, if they don't take money, they don't take food, they wash their behind, they most likely got a problem. But majority of the time, they just lazy as hell. Excuse my language. I've been in the military, I work with half time of people, dementia and all. I went in to work for in a nursing home at 18 to get an understanding of your care. And also how to take care of myself when I become, which I will be 55. A lot of this is being enabled by these people that give out food now. It, you can, it can be, it, I won't say completely done away with, but I'll say about 90% of this homeless can be rid of. Why would you mind being in a homeless camp or sitting up kids an hour, which can be uh, 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 infestation of bees, uh, whatnot, among the camp? Why not encourage one to teach one to hey, two or three, four of them? Get a formula. Majority of my understanding gets uh, uh, SSI check. Get a formula together. And, 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 and put a, 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 what you call it, a aid to teach them how to be, be uh, live in a uh, peaceful environment again, homeless, home, uh, shelter again. It doesn't have to be, it can be done within a month's time. I have no doubt about it. Thank you for taking my call. All right. Thank you for calling. Uh, who, who do we have next? Uh, All right. So we have another uh, caller, but I didn't hear the name. So, but he's on the air. Okay. Uh, good morning, caller. Hello? Yes, sir. Say, uh, I want to ask you a question. Uh, good morning, caller. Wait a minute, I think we, we got two uh, lines open. I heard on TV. Hold on for a second. Turn me up a little bit. Okay, sir, go ahead. Yes, I like to I got a comment. Okay, go ahead. Hello? Yes, sir, go ahead. Listen to me. No, Don't listen to the radio. Listen at your telephone. Okay, yeah, I'm just asking, are they going to have some school for these kids that missed the schooling? And uh, also, there's got a big jump in um, uh, black homeschooling. Black, black people homeschooling their kids. Do they, do they know about that? Right. I hang up the list. All right, I'm going to let Miss uh, Form announce that before the um, summer school. We're doing good to make it through the one, and we have to cross that bridge when we get to it. Go ahead, Miss Form. <laughs> Uh, so, so there. I think there were a qu couple of questions asked. Uh, um, the first question was: Is that did we realize that there were more uh, black people homeschooling their children? Uh, and yes, we do realize that there are more people in general homeschooling their children. And, and a lot of that was based on the whole year that they spent at home uh, doing virtual learning. Some it worked for some families, and some families it did not. And for the families who felt like it was a workable situation, um, they uh, continued to keep their children at home. Uh, and Dallas ISD also still has virtual uh, school for some students. 
not all students, but some students where the parents take that option. So that could be also considered as still being homeschooled. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and the second question summer school. was about summer school. Well, actually, Dallas ISD has four different calendars. And, and and in those four different calendars, uh, some of the some of the school uh, days in the school year is longer for some campuses than others. So summer school, as you remember, it probably is not quite the same now because they've changed the scheduling to be able to allow children to go to school uh, longer during the day and more days in the year. Uh, to be able to mitigate some of the learning loss that has taken place. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me address something that we said a while ago, and then we was talking about uh, they was talking about the homeless. Right. And uh, my thing is, you know, you never know what that person standing on that corner is going through or has been through. That don't mean that all of them are legit, but that doesn't mean that they're not. You know, people are going through uh, just like the situation over in, in Holland Hills when the apartment complex right. blew up. Now, if I was to see one of those people on the street, I wouldn't know them from Adam. But, so, I I try not to pass judgment on homeless people on the street, panhandling. And my take is this right here. If you're going to give them a dollar or two, give it to them. If you're not, don't. But, you know, all that other stuff trying to figure it out, because I don't, I don't have time to try to figure out wh- what you're going to do with the money, because I don't have time to watch you. If I give you a couple of dollars, I can't make sure you're not going to buy anything to drink or, or you make sure you're going to buy food. But I'm just saying there's too much going on now. We, we got all this. Stuff. I don't want to get Miss Arnold in no trouble when I say you this. You know you ready to say something. <laughs> but, uh, okay, what's the difference between the homeless people that, on the street, if we're going to stop panhandling, then we need to stop the fire departments from panhandling and stop these little... Right, right, you, right. you was talking about the corner over there by QT on Loop right, 12. Right, Well, these people doing all this panhandling. Well, that's where that little kid got run over and killed right, right there. Right. Uh, uh, doing raising money for a little football team or track team. So we have to be careful because it's just like people say, well... The city council ain't doing nothing. And they down there fighting like I'll get out. And just because you don't see what they're going through, I mean, like Miss Arnold, her mighty has been mute. Uh, everything goes down there with her. And it's a lot goes on. So to say that somebody is not doing anything or they can do better, because sometimes that person on the street, if they had a bath, uh, uh, some bus fare or a nice set of clothes, they might can get a job, but who's going to give them a job in that situation? So, but, but, but let me just say this, going back to a couple of things. Homelessness, uh, go back to mental health. Right. It, well, I'm not saying, and people read into that what they want to, but when you are disconnected, you're right. right. You don't know what, 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 call, what reactions you'll have. Most folks are about two or three, through, through, three months away from being on the street anyway right. to miss a paycheck. <clears throat> but, what, what you do understand this is that the Constitution protects rights of individuals. And if folks want to be on the street, they can be on the street. Right. It's just that there are laws in place, okay. too, that they have to follow. But when we come out as a homeless solution team and we have a strong city manager who's pushing not only for the city budget funding, but we have federal money that we're going to be putting in to help right. some individuals. But you, when we come out and offer you a solution... We can provide you with a shelter, 
prepared a route for you to get a home. Guess what? You have folks who refuse oh, it. They don't want it. They don't want it. And you cannot arrest a person because they want to be on the street. So that's number one, two, and three. But for folks who have private property, and I've got this call the other day where you have encampments, you have to now... Uh, complete a form of no trespassing officially so the police can come in and now uh, remove those individuals or right. force them to move or arrest them if they are trespassing. So it's another step that homeowners have to, t I mean, uh, property owners have to take to protect their private property. I, but we cannot force so a person not to be on the street. I think Ms. So I actually was uh, on Main Street and Commerce Street for 30 years and dealt a lot with, with the homeless issue. Uh, and and what, what we do too often is, we think everybody that's on the street and homeless have the same situation. Right. right. So we try to paint it on, on with one brush and it's not. There are many issues. A lot of our veterans are on the street right. and homeless. There are many issues. We have mental health issues. We have drug addiction. We have alcoholism. Um, we have people who have just been put out, uh, don't have, can't pay rent. So we've got a lot of issues with homeless. And as, as long some, as we Some continue, people got jobs and they still and they homeless. they still homeless. Right. It's the working poor. Right. And so you know. as long as we try to solve the issue with just one brush, right. we will never get it solved. Right. We've got to look at it holistically and understand that there are different elements involved in this whole homeless issue. And then when we talk about the mental health issues, we never bring up the state who closed many of the mental right. institutions that were these uh, people who are mentally ill could have. Uh, and, and put that pressure on the jails right, and the police department right, right. where they have to police these people off the street. Right, and, and we don't hold the Veteran Administration accountable for the veterans. veterans that are homeless. Right. Now, what you are going to find is that there are some people who absolutely will not want to accept what you get. Right. All right. right. I, how many calls? Right. I, my callers, hold on. I'm up against a short break. You can join us at 972-647-1893, and I'll get to you when I get right back. All right. All right, we're back on uh, Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Mike Stein sitting in for Reverend Barnett, and we're in our last segment, and I promise you I'm going to try to get to my calls as quick as possible. And let me say this while we're talking about mental health. That person standing on the street asking for money is not your biggest danger. It's that person driving down the street like a fool, <laughs> weaving in and out of traffic and daring you to blow your horn at him because he's lying to have a gun. That's yeah, our that's biggest mental illness. There's chapter. so much road rage out here. I mean, people just doing some of everything out here. But who do we have next? Uh, we have uh, Randy on uh, line one. Randy yes. on line one. Good morning, Randy. Good morning to your guest. Good morning, Randy. I'll try to be real quick and not step on too many people's toes, but have any of y'all ever lived homeless? Sir, I I have not. No, I have not. What about you, Mr. Eichstein? No, I have not lived homeless. That's why I don't, I'm don't. i not hard on the homeless, so uh, 
Go ahead, I'm okay, listening. Okay, I'm, I'm not quite... Oh, that's good, Brother Ice-T. But this is my situation. You know when you get these books about people telling you how to raise your kids, but you never raised the kid? Mm. Right. Them books are out there all the way. But I think a lot of them people sitting on that horseshoe have never been homeless. They may not even have a person in their family that's been homeless. So in reality, you... It's hard for me to believe that you really have the concept of being homeless. Because I've been homeless before in my younger adult years for almost a year. But thank God I had a band to live in. And it ain't easy. And and, and I wasn't really asking for help because I had a job making $4 an hour uh, cutting grass and stuff. So I did okay as far as a homeless person. But they're really the reason, just like you were speaking to Meatball about the loud pipes, the police don't address it because it's not a priority. And if Dallas made homelessness the T-H-E, the priority to every city council meeting during a short time, we wouldn't have the homeless problem. Yes, everybody talks about people having mental uh, problems on the street, but we don't have a mental hospital here in Dallas. We're a very wealthy city. Everybody's talking about veterans on the street. Well, that should be an abomination that these people went and fought for our freedom and rights around the world to be living on the street. That shouldn't be un- right. unacceptable. And then you got the rest of the people who maybe lost their job, uh, maybe hooked on drugs, whatever, living on the street. So I know what I'm saying is not really going to change anything, but if the city of Dallas would talk about and move forward on this homeless issue with possibly using container cars, turning them into little tiny apartments. The city of Dallas owns property all over this city in different areas. Don't gotta try to put the homeless in one person and make one neighborhood upset, but you can. The city can and has in the past and will in the future go against what certain communities want in their community to help us and eliminate this homeless issue it has to come to the number one priority just like in any one of our homes if we have a problem in our home and it becomes a number one priority it's not a problem so please please i'm begging you man and when we have, you know, I'm, this is my last thing. I'll be real quick because I know you got other calls. Right. You got cut. Biden coming in as the president, overturning some of the executive's orders that the uh, past president put in that were very bad. The city of Can- uh, Dallas has an opportunity to turn over one of the worst ordinances, that probably one of the worst mayors the city of Dallas has ever had. And you know who I'm saying. Without saying no name, I don't know who that is, though. We got a bunch of worse ones. You can arrest the person asking for money. Mm-hmm. It's sad when we want to prosecute and deny someone money for whatever reason right. that has the least. All right. So please overturn the pain You're not enforcing it anyway. And put the hate in the top. Okay. All right, thank you for that call, Randy, and your input. Uh, I was, you know, listening to Randy and stuff, and people talking about homeless people and how huge the problem is, but we got to stay on top of stuff because I just, uh, a little while ago, 
Uh, it was on the news that, uh, and the city council was talking about people catching the bus and everywhere else to get here to be homeless. So it's it's, it's not just a Dallas problem uh, no, because no. people sending their problems to Dallas. Right. So we'll forever to be uh, struggling with the homeless right. problem. So uh, right. who do we have next right. up here? I'm trying to get McCall through. Yeah. Uh, we have a Kent on uh, line three. Kent. 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 Good morning, Kent. Good morning, Kent. 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 Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, 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 I want to say one thing about the state of Texas. Texas ranks number 49th in funding for mental health. And that's all I have to say. Right there. All right. Well, thank you for that call. Who do we have next? And uh, we have uh, uh, Kay. We have Kay on line four. Kay on line four. Good morning, Kay. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I have a, I have a question. I just need some feedback from Ms. Foreman. I am retired from DISD, but I am subbing, and I have been subbing for the last year. I don't understand why they can't pay the subs the incentive that they're paying the employees for being vaccinated, where a substitute life is in jeopardy, too. Okay, Kate. So first and foremost, the administration makes that decision. But as a substitute, you're not a full-time employee of the district. And, and what what the the district has done was make those incentives available for their full time employees. Um, what what I would strongly suggest is is that you get with the principal uh, and and become a permanent sub for that particular school or the school that you're in or that you enjoy working in, and see if there's an opportunity to get the same incentive that way. But as long as you're not a permanent employee of the district, I do not believe they will pay right. the same incentive. Right. So why is Fort Worth paying their substitutes an incentive? So I don't understand I, that. I, I did not know that. I will certainly ask that question. Um, but I did not know Fort Worth was paying their substitutes. Yes, they're, right. They're paying their substitutes and their part-time employees. Okay. I will ask the that particular question. The incentive, but the school I'm working at, I've been there all year, and the uh, principal told me he talked to someone, and they said the reason the substitutes are not getting paid in Dallas is because they can go to other districts. That's but that's a, poor, that's a poor excuse, so I'm still like doing a monkey see, monkey do. I'm, com I'm comparing Fort Worth, and I shouldn't be doing that, but why are they paying their people? And Dallas is not. It's just it doesn't just make me feel good as a substitute. So so I don't know the particulars of Fort Worth, so I can't speak to that. Okay. Uh, what I can do is because um, there could be some other issues um, uh, around the whole Fort Worth issue. I'm not sure. Uh, but what I can do is commit to you that I will ask the question. Okay, because it. And it's a lot of substitutes feel the same way because mm -hmm. they were thinking about doing a petition. Well, and they uh, feel uh, that DISD does not care about their substitutes. So I, I never, uh, I'm an activist by nature. <laughs> And so I never tell anybody not to do what they think they need to do to try to draw attention to their issue. 
but what I am committed to do is ask the administration uh, why the substitutes are not getting paid the incentive. Okay, because I, I did that, and I got a letter back, and it, and then I talked to someone named John Vega, one of Hinojosa's assistants, and that's the excuse I got from him. He's that's in, a poor excuse. He's in HR. Uh, if you will send that, uh, a copy of the response, uh, to my email address at Dallas ISD, I certainly can ask John Baker. He's a he's a um, in our HR department. So my email address is Joyce Foreman at Dallas ISD dot org. If you will send, I take that back. I, I didn't get an email from him. I talked to him on the phone. Oh, all right. Okay, so so what I will commit to do is I will commit to ask the question. You know, I can understand if a substitute just started, but someone who's been subbing for at least a year or two should be considered in getting that incentive because our lives are in jeopardy too. That that is correct, but again, you're you're not a contracted DISD right. teacher. Hey, okay, I'd like to continue this conversation, but I promise my other callers I'm gonna try to get to them, and you can just say uh, contact Miss Foreman on our email. So, who do we have next? And we have a concerned citizen. All right. Good morning, concerned citizen. Good morning to all. Good morning. Good morning. I, I, I'd just like to say uh, uh, one thing that gets me is what we as blacks got to understand. We are fighting from behind all the time trying to uh, come up. Uh, uh, one thing that them hurt us as far as homeless and stuff is black families i mean a lot of our love have have left as far as uh black families but i don't mind uh anyone coming to me like i pull up to a store and they come say hey you got a couple of dollars i give it because you don't know that couple of dollars may have saved that person from right. going to crime mm -hmm. it doesn't help them they that person may be in dire straits so, uh, help it out, and, and let's help each other out. And I thank you all, and I thank you for the show. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you sir. Concerned Citizen Dog. I'm on my last five minutes. I don't think we have any. We have any callers left? Because I'm trying to. You sure? Yeah. Look at the line. Nope. Okay. All right, because I'm, I'm old. I'm not going to take any more callers. I'm going to let these beautiful ladies uh, do their benediction for the show. But as we are talking about a lot of things going on, uh, uh you know, it's so much going on. You can't cover it in right. two hours, but I will cover this. We thank y'all for the support, for the pledges that you pledged and that you're going to send in to keep these airways open because we try to bring help to the community, do a service to the community. Uh, it's not us. We're not here to debate and to argue and things, but we will debate and argue because that's part of the nature of the radio talk show. And we thank y'all. Everyone that called in, we thank you, whether we agree with you or not. And uh, Ms. Arnold, we're going to start out with you since you are the queen of Glen Heights, uh, Glen Oaks over there. So we're going to let your royalty proceed you. Well, we appreciate that. And once again, thanking uh, Reverend Barnett for the opportunity to be here this morning and the listening audience to support us by questioning and just being alert. But number one, just 
we need you to do take care of your civic responsibility. Keep up with your affairs of local governments. Voting becomes, I mean, that's just second nature for me to keep telling you and all of us. It's so important that we vote. If you don't vote, basically you're voting and you allow the other folks who have right. actually put it on paper, made a record to make a choice for you. And so remember, we have made great strides, but we're falling back. And so we don't want our communities to be always be reacting. Uh, I want to underscore the fact that from DART, those individuals who are listening, if you're riding DART, there are changes that will be made to your route beginning in January. It's very important that you share this information by uh, letting folks know in your family who ride DART. DART can be reached at 214-979-1111. That's 214-979-1111. Look for those pillowcases, if you will, over the bus stops, stops and it'll tell you which locations will be shut down. But as I close and go on to my trusted um, colleague here, when I call her Joyce Foreman, she's for the men and she's for the women, she's gonna be an advocate. It's, we are working together tirelessly uh, and we need your support. So all those folks who are out here who have solutions, give us a call, show up at a meeting, come volunteer, help clean up. So help us help the seniors, help to the children, but stay woke, make sure you vote, be vigilant during this season because folks have already started stealing your catalytic converters, waiting for your Walmart to come out the door, snatching purses. So crime doesn't stop. So thank you for our first responders who are take care of that issue. But we got to stay woke. Sister Foreman, as a community, we need you always uh, to be fighting for us so our children can, 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 can grow up to be little Joyce Foreman. Witness. <laughs> <laughs> Little Joyce Foreman from South Dallas. <laughs> now, thank you for the, first and foremost, I want to thank Reverend Barnett for this opportunity uh, to be able to um, to convey some of uh, the issues and concerns and to listen to the concerns of the citizens. Uh, Councilwoman Arnold is correct. Uh, voting is extremely important. I usually say that, that um, we have a 30-second plan. Mm -hmm. They have a 30-year plan. Right. So the caller who called and said we're always fighting from behind, that is absolutely right. correct. But but the tortoise beat the hare. Mm. And so <laughs> we got to be yeah. vigilant mm -hmm. and continue to stay on course to make sure that we're able to change. And your elected officials need your support in trying to get things accomplished. And voting is extremely important. Local politics, local politics. You've got to vote local. We all want to think that national politics and the president is the end all. Local politics, local. that's the closest to you. Right. So you have to make sure that number one, you have people in place that can listen to what you are saying and number two, people who understand the issues and are willing to work together for a, a resolution to some of our problems within the community. I work hand in hand with Councilwoman Arnold. She works hand in hand with me. So we have an opportunity to be able to address some of the issues in our Oak Cliff area. All right, well we thank you uh, for joining us today. You can call the next show, 972-647-1893. Have a great weekend. And remember, there's no me without you. Have a great day. All right. Stay woke. Stay woke. Stay woke.